Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Matt Croger. And I'm Rafanoff. Oh boy, it's the all too early book review, right? Like, hey, we got the book in our hands and we're looking at it and we're and we're Blown away by some stuff, we're, we're, we're shaking our head at other stuff, and way too early, man. My, my initial impressions is I'm liking this. So more so this year, I've been looking forward to the the stuff that's not unit changes, right? Because yes. I've, I've had, uh, uh, I mean, and we've been quite open about probably that we don't expect as many unit changes, but um, Mantic have been leaking these things around, you know, ambush, siege rules, and I think... To have some more structure and some possibly play-tested ideas around how you do that structure, I think is great, and that's what I'm that's what I'm most excited about in this book. What about yourself? Well, I guess in my mind, it just looking now. Let's be fair; I have not had hours and hours and hours drooling over, but this feels like a complete comprehensive game with all the elements there so i want to play a regular game i want to play a small scale game i want to play a legendary game i want to play a siege battle it feels like all the tools that you need in your tool belt to play in the kings of war universe are present and 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 even for now you don't even need an faq yeah exactly and and that and well let me say that too i think the other thing i really really like is they've rolled in the faq stuff as you say but they've cleaned up some rules they've they've tweaked a couple things and I think there's a lot of improvement here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, two weeks ago, you know, Mike's like, oh, you, you know, I, I, I was kind of in, in that hobby lull. Like, uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm painting, right? But I'm like, not really wanting to start new armies. You know, I'm like, uh, what, what to do, what to do. Now I'm just like chomping at the bit. Let's, 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 let's go, man. <laughs> let's, it, let, let's do a new army. I mean, I got a bunch of them already built downstairs. Do I want to paint one of those? Or should I yeah. start from scratch? What do I want to do? The, the, the sky's the mm. limit at this point. Absolutely. I've, I've got a really weird like that I've just noticed on this. What's book. that? And it's the structure. So if you get it like in the index page, so the army lists are now organized alphabetically Below and the theme them, lists like. are next to their, yeah, next to their parent list. So they're the two, they're the two things. Like I just look at this book and I go, oh, that just makes sense. Well, you know, I yeah, just, well, I can, if you think I about it, that when they had, when they put out Ratkin and Ratkin slaves, uh, at that point, that was in a subsequent book, I think, Uncharted Empires. So those were in that book together. Mm. But now, Rack and Slaves are where they belong, which is under their master list of Missile Dwarves. Mm. Just make it, it, as Jeremy would say, it just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully Jeremy will join us at some stage. You know, he's been a little bit delayed. Um, but And we can get his thoughts on it too. But as you said, it's not like any of us have had long with the book. Like I've literally sat down about 10 minutes before we got on and, and had a quick look. And so we'll, we'll probably just cover some things that jump out of us tonight, I think. Necessarily be a full and comprehensive review. It's very much our initial thoughts. Well, and we're going to, we will do a full breakdown at some point after we've had a chance to play some games, try out the rules. But, you know, I, I skimmed through the book and I, I took some notes and this is what jumped out at me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, let's, let's start at the top, you know, the whole, the whole charge blocking thing, I guess that's resolved now. So we've mm-hmm. now went back and if you're boxed in and the, the verbiage sounds exactly the same as it was in the FAQ. 
Yeah, nothing. So essentially, nothing's changed. Right, so, which is um, which is a good thing. You know, people yeah. lost their their minds over it. Let's just yeah. move on from there. Absolutely. The next thing we had was uh, there was some whispers about big changes to the withdrawal rule that, that parts of the communities weren't weren't so happy about. I can confirm that uh, withdrawal is staying. But with some tweaks, you know, with some tweaks. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced with how they've written it now. So they've written it basically that if you were playing a simpler game that you're allowed as a TO to remove the withdrawal yeah. rule. It's an optional um, rule, which I, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Scenarios like, well, you got to kind of get your opponent's permission to, you know, ah, it's either in the game or it's not. I, yeah. You know, I, I and agree. to be fair, allies are like that too now. We'll get to those as well. They're written yeah. that way as well. So and, and, and I agree. And so for, for mine, what I will I think I will always have it in, but what we're seeing is a tweak to the withdrawal rule to maybe oh punish is not sort of I, I think it accurately represents an effect for doing something that at face value doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So you, you're still getting that gameplay dimension of being able to withdraw and essentially corkscrew around, but you there is there is a negative effect of doing that now, which which I like from a thematic point of view, because I think from a gameplay point of view, you'll still be able to use it to say block up other people or whatever, but but you won't necessarily delete units when you do it. Well, I, I think I think you know there's obviously similarity between this and and hindered charge, right? And I yep. think that's intentional because when you're hindered, you're running through woods, you're running over a wall. Uh, you're you're sort of maybe disordered a little bit. Well, I'm backing up. I'm turning. I'm extra pivots. I, you know, you're you're doing a lot of extra movement in a ranks and flanks game, which would do the same effect of, as being hindered. So I I get thematically where they're coming from. And, and to be frank, it makes perfect sense to me, and I'm fine with it. You know, I'm fine with it. You know, I think ultimately though, you still have units that don't need the withdraw move to do those court screw type charges, right? Like, like squares. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it, 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 in my mind, it does still make the, the square based uh, monsters in particular uh, that have the longer range, like the giants and stuff a little bit better mm-hmm. than, than say large infantry. But you know, I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting fanatics to be mixed on it. I think some people will love it. And some people won't. I think the people that corkscrew charge all the time, oh, they'll hate it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they'll hate it as much as it being gone. Right. And 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 I think, like I said, it still allows. So so one of the biggest arguments when uh, some of this was being tested is that removing withdrawal removes a tactical element of play. And like I mean, for mine, it's only a tactical element of play because it's actually there, right? But if it's not there, it doesn't matter. But anyway, like my own opinion aside, I think those people will still see that. You know, that still allows you now to use a tactic. What I would say is, in you know, other than squares, it's really hard to pull it off anyways, right? Mm-hmm. To have, the, you know, that, that one inch, yeah, I mean, does it push you back far enough that now you can see something you couldn't see before? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then gives you the actual, you know, I, I've said it all along that ultimately the whole one inch thing, it's a mathematical irregularity when you're moving with, you know, uh, the English measurement system and we're basing in, you know, uh, metric, you know, 25.4 millimeters is a inch. It's yeah. stupid. R- really, really. It shouldn't exist. Right. The whole being able to work, it shouldn't exist. So, and, and you know, for, my, for my mind, when things change, right, you can say, oh, well, this really changes how the game is played potentially like, and it would have changed it more if it was gone, which is yeah. true. But then, 
but your whole game style would change because you know that no longer that's an option, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I don't think it's as linear as you remove it, the game gets worse because I think you would you would change your game style. But um, it's still there, uh, just with a with with a tweak that's similar uh, or has similarities with with hindered being hindered. So yeah, and, um, and 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 what you're saying is exactly right. I, th- I think there's a penalty to do it. It's still effective in certain scenarios. You'll still do it, oh, yeah. right? Like, well, particularly if you're in a flank, it'll still be very effective. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. Let's touch on the next one that really, I, look, I'm not a playtester, so didn't see this coming. Didn't know we needed this, and, and and I'm sure we will rage the debate. Do we need this or not? I think there's pros and cons to this, but they've kind of rewritten the the cover rules and uh, divided it into two types. And you know, we'll go ahead and talk about what the two types are. One is called an obscured target, and one is called a concealed target. Uh, essentially, um, you know, obscured target to me and. Correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like I'm behind an obstacle. I'm behind another unit. Something's blocking you from seeing me. And there's kind of like a wall or a shield between us. Uh, whereas concealed target is I'm in woods. And, you know, I'm in, I'm in a, a, fo- a forest. I'm in a field. You know, I don't have maybe the protection, ver- like the horizontal protection in front of me, but you just can't see me as well. Uh, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. I mean, for mine, one issue with that immediately is um, in my mind, obscured and concealed don't mean different enough things to make it immediately obvious what they do. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you've just explained it, but to, for mine, those words are quite similar. So in my mind, I don't immediately go, this is what one means and this is what the other well, means. Well, you know, well, it's well, going to it, require learning on my part. Yeah, let me riff Let me riff on that a little bit because I, get, I got an example where it's exactly what you're saying. Mm. I have a giant. I am in the woods 50%. I am concealed. I am touching the woods with jet. Like my toe is in the woods. I'm obscured. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So like, like that, that, that's a very, like I am 49% not in the woods. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's a very, yeah, it's a very, there's a, there's, there's a lot of overlap between the two. My, my, My understanding was there were a couple of things here that were intended around the design of this. And that one, that there was some, un some, some confusion around cover and how it worked. I mean, I'm, I'm not convinced that that was necessarily the case. I think there was some confusion with how big targets interacted with cover mostly, but that was about it. But And then the other intention is then that we'll move on later is that if you give different units, namely war machines, different versions like ignores one or the other, that you change up, I guess, how you imagine them working. And I, I can see it from that point of view. I'm, I'm just not convinced it's a change we need, particularly when it comes to something like war machines. I think which, unless you take multiples, aren't in an amazing place anyway, I think it just makes them slightly more specialised and I'm not not sure that's a good thing. And with both of these things, they're yet to play out on the table, so it's just an initial thought. But my, my, my initial thoughts is I don't love this change. Yeah, I mean, the, the positive here... Is I'm just speaking like as a kingdom has been player, it, it differentiates siege artillery from cannons, and we'll get and, and we'll get to that right because uh, obviously one will ignore one type of cover and the other will ignore a different cover. And yeah, the difference between lobbing or shooting straight. Yeah, and, and that perfectly makes yeah. sense. A cannon shoots kind of horizontally, like you know, and yep. and and a siege artillery comes down from above, 
makes perfect sense, right? You know, I, I wonder if the confusion, you know, was sort of, you know, stemming from the fact that, you know, they did they did temper uh, war engines and they said, oh, it ignores cover. Well, wait, let's FAQ it and say it ignores cover unless you're 50% in difficult terrain. You know what I mean? So yeah. m- maybe because of that caveat, it's like, hey, let's just take this as an opportunity to clean up. Look, I'm going to go with it. I, I, I yeah, It makes sense to probably. me. It, 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 uh, I think we'll play it, and I think, I think it'll get the kinks worked out once I get a better understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. I think there's there's a blurry line between, like I said, just a simple movement can you can take something from from obstacle or obscured to concealed, uh, or back yeah. and forth. And yeah. uh, you know, I just get, uh, yeah. I just get this initial feeling for Kings, which is a game that's always tried to, I guess, go for simpler that it makes it a little more complex unnecessarily. But I totally get from the thematic point of view. And I, I think part of my issue is around the nomenclature is that when I think concealed and obscured in situations, those words can be used interchangeably. So it's not well, that clear. And, and one thing I want to, the one thing that, that is interesting is that uh, like, like in the case of cannons, right? Before, if you were in difficult terrain, I guess it doesn't even matter what, what you were. If you were in difficult terrain, it's cover. But now the rule of height, you know, the, the three or higher, right? Mm. Or three or less, right? Uh, so height four. Oh, yeah, 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 true. Yeah. Yep. So, that, so that's a difference, right? Like, so, con- so obscure, uh, so concealed targets, which used to be like straight up just cover all the time, there are opportunities where you don't yeah. get it anymore. It, which it does, it makes does sense. open up some doors. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. 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 And, and I agree. You know, you can now drop something on a giant's head. So in my mind, those were kind of the the bigger the bigger changes to uh, the rules. I, I I guess we should touch on. I did like to have this allies warning now, where basically it says you know allies aren't recommended for competitive play. Blah 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 blah. The games may not be balanced. Players must agree in advance. I guess what they're basically saying is what what they're just documenting what already existed, which is the TO is going to decide if 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 uh, allies are allowed or not. Right. Yeah, well, what, what I vibe from this is what they're saying is we are going for internal internal army balance and that's where we're going to focus our attention and balance yeah. between armies. We're not going to focus on when people try and make their army broken by adding stuff. That's, that's to me, that that is probably why this exists because what we've seen in most Clash of Kings books, except for probably the last one, is this constant tweaking of units to things like a regular because people took the best stuff and put it in another list. Yeah, so I think what this signals is an opportunity for TOs to go, all right, well, yeah, and 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 maybe we will actually get more flavorful units because now the RC doesn't have to worry about them being put in another list. Well, hundred percent. You know, I, I've always mm. been I've always been a person that's that said, you know, hey, lists have strengths and weaknesses, right? And using allies, you know, people use their allies to mitigate the weaknesses, which mm. in my mind kind of dumbs the game down it's like oh we're all just strong <laughs> like if everybody took the, took the stuff that filled the, the the gaps in their list it's like ah we're all just really really hard lists right and i think i, I mean for me personally i find it interesting when i play a list that has a deficiency whether it's oh i, I i'm maybe not good against speed or uh, mm. against flyers or maybe i have a problem against uh mass shooting or spells mm. I, I i like that i like to for me it's like a it's a puzzle that you got to solve. Well, yeah, and you usually get a compensation somewhere else. Like, so for with my dwarves, yeah, I could take wings on one thing, right? Which I often do because there is so much speed in the game. 
But then other than that, my counter is I have better access to more resilience and and a lot more shooting options, including mastiffs and things, to counter the fact and some surge that I don't have flying, right? And I, I, I quite like that. I would hate for dwarves to get flying because I, I do think that you – uh, I, I, I do like the difference in lists. Yeah, we don't want to just be, there's already a knock on kings that armies are a bit too similar. So we, we want to see the RC be able to focus their attention on having really unique, flavorful armies without having to worry about will this be taken as an ally? 100%. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Uh, maybe touch on, they, they finally, there was a, there wasn't a question, uh, that was out there. You know, what happens when you have m- multiple units that have redeployment? You know, like if you have the captain, for example, and the other person has scrying gem, you know, how do some of these things interact? So so now redeployment, it just basically says you roll off. It's sort of the same deal with scouts, right? Like if you have multiple or redeployment on both on both sides, roll off to see who uh, redeploys one of their units first and go back and forth yeah. and alternate. So that's that's great. It's in the book. It's it's wonderful. Was there anything else rule wise that, that you wanted to touch on? No, not that jumped out at me, and I think that was the main that that were the main things from from a rules perspective, and just you know incorporating the FAQs, I think, is really useful. It's it's going to be great just to be able to take the book and or an electronic version of one, whether that may be via, you know, we're we're yet to see what their app looks like, or whether it's some other digital download. I think it's nice just to have to you know it's it's frustrating as a TO, isn't it, to have to have like let alone a player to have three or four different books and your browser open for an FAQ or or something like that. So, you know, that's that's what I'm pumped about and and like I said weirdly pumped about the structure. Well, yeah, we've got like a we've I'm going to guess here we got like a 3 month window of like awesomeness where it's in the book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Before, before somebody figures out something and we have to have an FAQ, right? Yeah. I, I you know, and and to be fair, even when we have an FAQ, at least it's just like I have an FAQ. At least I'm not all around Uncharted Empires and Clash of Kings. And for a while, we're you know we're we're in pretty good shape here. I'm I'm pretty pretty yeah. excited about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I I agree. I agree. Now, one of the other things that's in the book, uh, different ways to play the game. Absolutely. I I have to admit, I've I've never played a siege battle, Rob. So I might let you talk about what. Yeah, you're I mean, all about the siege, the siege. yeah, the siege battle. It feels like it's it's upgraded rules from the 2019. I think Matt James wrote the rules for that. Yeah, upgraded and, in um, what way? Well, upgraded in the sense that uh, there's actually two different options for deployment now. I'm pretty sure that there was a like basically like a, a 12 by 12 uh, castle that you'd put on one side and there was a deployment for the attackers. But now there's a way to go the opposite direction and you play long ways on the table, which I think yeah. is awesome. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's your basic siege rules, right? Where like, hey, if we're playing 2000 points, 25 percent of the defenders, 2000 points can be defensive options. Uh, and then the attacker gets not 2000 they get an additional 25 percent so 500 points of upgrades um i do like the change some of the changes now you basically have to be a monster large infantry large cavalry that are height three or higher to damage a wall great it didn't make any sense like some dude would like hey look at me i i I, I, here's my regiment of thules with the hammer of measured force oh i wound the defense seven wall on fours it's dumb, mm-hmm. right? So I think I think some of the stuff that they've done uh, or have done with Siege is just to kind of clean things up and uh, get rid of a few of the exploits. So I haven't played it yet, though. I, 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 I'm I chomping at the bit. And I, I know as, as Billy is hearing this, he's chomping at the bit as well. Uh, but I am super excited. Now, 
I will say they didn't get rid of the ability to take the hammer measured force against the wall. So I can still give it to my, <laughs> to my ogres, <laughs> AT attacks, hitting on threes, wounding on fours. I don't think that was the intent. And to be fair, I may have missed it. <laughs> so if, mm-hmm. if I got that wrong, please correct me. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure someone will have no trouble correcting you, Rob. You know, oh, we, it's, <laughs> for sure. For sure. No, but I'm just, I'm just super excited. There's, uh, I think there's four scenarios for, for Siege. I will say, you know, there's a lot of this book, and it's it's real dense. And well, you know, I'm just I'm just looking at the index, and they've dedicated. I mean, some of that might be pictures, but in the index, they've in theory dedicated ten pages to siege rules. Yeah, you know, for sure. Well, there's a lot of options, right? Like you can defensively or offensively. There are there's a lot of options to you know and uh, to, to build siege equipment and artillery, castle walls, towers. And that's what I love about this. It, it, it for me when we played it before, which it feels like it's got the same spirit. It really took the best of, I don't know if you remember the Blood in the Badlands campaign book from Warhammer Days or the General's Compendium. Like it took stuff from really narrative play, but it gave it a Kings of War spin, which means it's not wonky. It's not. It's functional. Like oh yeah, the walls are big enough to put a freaking regiment on. Like you know, yeah. In Warhammer time, like we had this little wall and your unit you would have to climb up and only half could be on the wall now it's like you get full regiments and, and stuff on the walls love it I, i'm just uh you know we man, it's been a while now but we did stream a, a live uh, a game of siege that uh where me and chris gibney played against billy uh billy was was the, with the castle and uh I, i'm excited we're, we're gonna i'm gonna talk to mike and we'll get it set up we'll we'll do it again and uh give it a shot because I, I don't know about you but Siege is like an opportunity to build stuff that you just don't get to siege towers, battling rams, catapults. I mean, it's, I, a, I guess- it's a beautiful narrative play scenario, isn't it? And, and, and interestingly, I was listening to the Unplugged Guys latest episode. Nar- great. Recently. It was great. It was a great episode. Yeah, on, on narrative play. And they were they were talking about, um, I can't remember who first said it, whether it, were, whether it was um, Mike or John. They talked about a good narrative scenario will probably be a little unbalanced. Well, I think I think right. it was John. He got into yeah, yeah. asymmetric, yeah. right? Yeah, asymmetric, and and that's yeah. what Siege automatically provides, right? Exactly. You've, you've automatically got this extra twenty five percent for defense or or whatever. Twenty five percent for attackers. For attackers, sorry, you know. So already, but then it's also asymmetric in what the defender gets. So like you, you just have well, they this. have giant walls to protect their units. Yeah. So it yeah. it it it, 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 it ba- I'm air quoting here balances out, but yeah, I I'm just I mean Siege battles are like the epitome of fancy ward gaming for me like that's like you get like eight of your friends or ten of your friends and you're like all right we're gonna have a massive siege now mm-hmm. it doesn't you know at the end of the day it doesn't really matter who wins or loses no and that's the whole point of narrative play right like it doesn't matter i just want to throw some dice knock down some walls i want to <laughs> siege through the breach i'm taking yeah. the you know i'm storming i'm storming the the tower you know uh, uh i yeah. just uh, i'm moment. The more we're talking about it, I, the more I agree with what you said at the start. This really feels like the first book we've ever had for Kings that's for everyone. Yeah. Right? I think, I think with, with, with what we're going to talk about too in terms of ambush and legendary battles oh. and siege, it's just it, it feels like for the first time we have a book that's for the narrative gamer, that's for the competitive gamer, that is everything in one that gives us everything we need. Well, let's. you, you mentioned ambush. Uh, I yeah. love what they've done here. So historically the problem with ambush, the, 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 the problem we've had locally with uh, small scale games is that we'd have some D bag 
Hey, I'm going to rock up to a 500-yard tournament, and I'm going to have two regiments of Soul Reaver Cav. Suck <clears> it. <throat> right? And just <clears throat> smash through the noobs, right? Like, oh, look at that. And that's not fun for anybody. Well, things have changed a little bit, right? <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, so let's, maybe let, let's hit on some of the highlights. Number one, it's a three-by-three three board, which is the same as Dead Zone, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I wondered the, where the three by three came from. Actually, and, and it's yeah. same, is, is it also the same as uh, Vanguard, or is Vanguard two by two? I'm trying to remember now. No, no, it's not two by two. I'm pretty sure Vanguard's three by three. Yeah, so it's probably something. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yep. Next mm-hmm. up, no legions or hordes. Ooh, it changes the game drastically. Some mm-hmm. armies are going to have a harder time, right? Because mm-hmm. nothing is more disconcerting than like, oh, look at my dash twenty two horde of fanatics, bro. Yeah. Yep. You're just you're struggling. Uh, and then what I like about it is basically you unlock with troops and regiments rather than regiments and hordes. And mm-hmm. you have to unlock your irregular units, uh, yep. either with troops but or then, regiments. And immediately that sounds powerful, but it's not because you're only allowed one of each type. Bam! Of hero, and, yeah, hero, monster, titan, war mm-hmm. engine, or a regular unit, you can take one period. And in terms of monsters, titans, or war engines, and heroes, you can only take a combined of three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so which they needed limited. for armies like ogres, right? They yeah. needed they needed that. In. Well, we'll get to ogres. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm loving the ogre changes, and yeah. I'm speaking as an ogre player that did win a tournament earlier this year. But I think this is what we needed. The other thing is obviously no no unique, no limited units, no formations. Makes sense. No allies. Mm. Again, all makes you sense. know, all makes sense. And I think you look at it, don't you? And you kind of go, everything there just makes perfect sense. You know, there's a there's a reason for it. And and it would make for reasonably well structured game at that level. I think you will still maybe then potentially you might see this. And I mean, honestly, I don't think we'd see many tournaments at this point level. So it's not designed for the tournament gamer, right? Um, I think you could with tournament gamers probably see then a little bit biased to the you know still having five regiments of zombies or something like that. But but so what? You know, I think I think um, I think they've got to a <clears throat> point which is probably as good as they could get. Well, I think I think uh, they they've really moved, done some unique things to make the game uh, the ambush level size game really focus on infantry and blocks, right? So under seven fifty, the most you're allowed to spend on a unit, including all upgrades and magic artifacts, to spells is, is two hundred points, and mm-hmm. between seven fifty and nine ninety five. It's 250. So, like, right there, like, you're limited. Like, you know, 250 is the maximum cost. Well, you you want you, well, there's only so many siege breakers you're going to be able to take, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and, and when you take those expensive units, you're probably not going to have a lot of points for upgrades, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm I'm super stoked about it. Um, but yeah, I guess we should also mention the legendary. I, I, I am historically, when I lived in California, I, I would consider myself, we would call, I would call myself a big battle player. So we, guys. yeah, so we Love would them. play maybe thirty to fifty thousand points on the table. Mm-hmm. Warhammer, obviously, I wasn't playing Kings of War back in, in the in the you know California days, and so uh, yeah, it it was just awesome, right? And I think the changes they've made, uh, ma- ma- you know, make the game scale better, right? And they have some. You mentioned narrative, right? They've it feels like they've pulled in some of the stuff like channeling tables and stuff that we've seen in the past and some of the supplements to, uh, Hey, you want those things? They're in the really big games. And it's almost like, you know, the equivalent of like 40 K APOC, you know? Uh, so I, I'm, if you can't tell, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the book. If you can't yeah, tell. Yeah. Hey fellas. Hey boy. Hey, hey. 
So, Jeremy, what are you, what are your thoughts on the on the withdrawal changes? Well, it's contra- I think it's going to be you know uh, uh, probably a little controversial. Um, I think that I like that they've kept it as an optional rule, and I think the minus one I think is I think for the long term that's good for the health of the game. It means that when you get caught out with that, you're not going to pay a pri- as big a price. But still, if you get like werewolves into the flank, even at minus one to hit, they're still doing good damage. So it allows TOs. I'm always, I'm, we're always like as a show, right? Really pro TO empowerment. So if TOs want to have it, they can just pack. They can use it. They can pack it in. Uh, you, you don't want it. They 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 don't have to have it. And I still say, I mean, it does give you a lot of interesting strategic elements. The withdraw, but I mean, just at Bay of Kings, the one time we had to actually get the rule books out and look at the facts and the download the facts, look at screenshots. It was about disengaging versus withdraw and just like I'm kind of like done with with that argument a little bit. I'd rather have almost sometimes I'd rather have one less tool in the toolbox than to have to always be talking with someone about what the difference is between disengaging and withdraw and how they're different. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's just those conversations because we know like tournament players and play it. We know what it is, right? How many times have you had to explain to someone, well, you actually can't do that because you can't end your withdrawal. You got to, you know, it's just, I'm glad that that's going to be over maybe for a little bit. Mm. Mm. I don't see many, I don't see many TOs leaving it out though, do you? You mean not using? Uh, yeah, not using withdrawal. I, I imagine a lot of TOs will leave it in the game. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I agree yeah. with yeah. you. I think it will be left in the game. It just will be left in the game with the minus one to hit. Um, I don't. I don't see. But for for play test games and for you know stuff like that or uh, game days or whatever. Um, so in the end, I think it's like a good compromise. It helps newer players who get caught out to to still be hurt strategically as it should. They'll learn how to prevent it, but not as devastating. So I, I think I I love the. It's a, you know you know me. Let's compromise. To me, I, I like. It. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's all get. We're all in the same boat, fellas. Mister Concession. I mean, I said it before you were on, but uh, the, the thing I particularly like about it is I think it's a it's a compromise that makes some thematic sense. Well, if you're stuck in fighting, and then mm. you're like, oh, and then you moonwalk backwards, like imagine yeah. werewolves in, in red leather jackets, you know, moon, 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 moonwalking backwards. And yeah, then being like, I'm, I'm stuck in it. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm actually going hand to hand, but I'm going to back out and I'm going to choose to charge someone else. Like, yeah. I mean, I know this is fancy, so, you know, it's fancy, <laughs> but like that doesn't happen in real combat. Like when you're like in combat with people in, in Malay, you either you fight until one of you break, right? You don't yeah, like, yeah. well, I'm going to I'm going to withdraw. Uh, and charge a different unit. Usually when you're withdrawing, that's also known as you are running away. And I think there was like a fear that maybe removing withdraw, you remove what, what a lot of players love about Kings is just how much strategy. Um, hold on. I got (laughs) to, God. My wife's getting ready to take her for a walk, so she's yeah. just like losing her mind. You want to keep within Kings the idea of a minute to learn, lifetime to master, right? And we all yeah. love rank and flanks because of which phase is the most important phase? The movement, the movement phase. phase. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's why we play. That's why I play rank and flank games. It's trying to outmaneuver my opponent. So I love the idea that it's still in there, but we, we've added that layer, like you said, Matt, of a little bit of... Uh, thematic it just makes sense 
And mm. so, we're, yeah. So, like I said, I think it's I think it's a fair compromise. And so, Jeremy, what about your thoughts on the cover changes? Yeah, that, I think it's interesting, right? In general, I tend to be against adding additional rules. You know, a lot of people have felt maybe in Kings, like it's it's always like that Goldilocks game, right? It was like, how do we find just amount enough amount of rules so that we have a clean game? So I wonder about having the additional rule, but yet the fact that War Machines used to not have cover, but then they had cover if you were 50% in train. We've had some back and forth around cover, so maybe it is time to recodify how cover works as far as creating specific rules. You know, if you're in cover or if you have stuff in between, different things operate in different ways. So I think that I like it, but this is one of those changes. I think I'm going to need to see it on the tabletop to get like a my real sense and maybe like, trust but verify yeah trust maybe, it, maybe six, gotta from now, six months from now it won't even it's like not even going to feel any different it's just they have this has you know on the army builder whether it's easy army or mantic's new thing or whatever it's just going to have like oh it has cover in this way you know but yeah, I, yeah. I i don't know what what, what did you i know i i got on a little late because i was stuck in traffic but what do you guys think about the cover change yeah i mean my my thought is i just wasn't sure how necessary it was and yeah and and, and what i what i said to rob was that that for mine obscured and concealed outside of the game t- contexts like their definitions are very similar and so i don't know if the wording is different enough that a player picks up and instantly knows what's the difference right so there's just that little bit more learning experience yeah, there's a blurry line between the two, right? Yeah, and, and that's kind of my thinking is, is it necessary? And maybe once we have it, it will be like, oh, wow, this is super clean now and like it. But I think the only way you're going to know that is through. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the the positive is we can differentiate more engines now, right? Like, that's yeah, true. We can whether, whether, whether you're lobbing something or shooting a horizontal cannonball at you, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, so what I'm not wow. sure of is, is that a good thing in the context of war machines? It's a good thing I, I do wonder. Clean. I do wonder. War, yeah, war engines but, are already kind of taking a hit right yeah, and aren't yeah. that effective as it is it's you know it's a catch point. I, I agree with jeremy though i think we've got to see it play out on the table yeah um so so let's move on to the to the list part of the book what we've seen over the last few years is it will traditionally in inverted commas we had clash of kings books that were about bringing things down into into the power level um so things was even you might have additions or formations and things then a year ago, we got this enormous Clash of Kings book where uh, everything was brought up instead of down. It was theoretically the no, the no nerf Clash of Kings, which I think was a fantastic book and that probably hasn't been fully explored yet. And so I think in this book, what we're seeing is far fewer changes, except knocking a few things on the head that have really risen to the top quickly, as well as a, a couple of little buffs are in there. The first thing I want to say is that uh, I'll go back to, I really like how the army lists are organized now in terms of alphabetical order the theme lists are under their master lists so it's all easy to find and then the one big change though in terms of the context of army lists is that as had been suggested the twilight king are no longer there so hold on to yourself wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one no one, no one plays twilight king right yeah, yeah, no. it's jeremy it's davis no yeah. no no and i mean what, what we've heard is that mantic aren't still quite happy with where they are as an army in their game so they decided to take them out um and then at some point next year re-release in whatever ima- proper imagined version they believe that to be 
I think that I think that decision. I mean, it's a semantic decision in the end, right? So I, I think it's a debatable decision on whether it needed to happen. But when we're looking at the pure, nice clarity of this book, now that I've seen it, now that I've seen we've got everything we need to play a game in one book, I'm not against the decision. I'm not. If if that's the way they want to go, then go for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for them carving out their 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 IP space and really like the sexy evil elf. Though I love it and cherish it. You know, we all know who that belongs to, right? We were we were chatting about this on the live stream, right? So I'm excited to see what they do with um, the Twilight Kin within the Mantic IP. And to be honest, I would rather know, and I get the argument of like, well, why don't you just leave it in and then tell people, blah, blah, blah. You know, I like to think of this 3.5 as like a fresh sort of, especially with how much they've done to reorganize the book in such a clear and concise way that mm. now that I think about it, and maybe this is because I'm all I'm all jacked up on EOD right now, you know. Like I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I'm all jacked up on a new project that I don't care really that the Twilight Kid are not in there. But I mean, I'm kind of just like, okay, I get it, you know. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to something else, you know. Yep. Yeah, and look, a lot of people's I think ranges you could theoretically use as elves for a while, right? So um, with a little bit of imagination. You know, it's not quite the same, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I think things will happen like this for time to time. And if we want, if we want Manic to evolve, then I think we need to expect it somewhat, right? Yeah, they won't ever, if, if they're going to survive, it's not going to be on, uh, having, you know, uh, it's going to be on their own unique stuff, not on ranges that are copying other people, are not copying, but are using like trope ideas. They need to. Yeah. They need to. Uh, generic if, fantasy elements no. aren't going to get aren't going to make the bread and butter, we, right? You got to you have know, your own unique spin on things, like Night Stalkers, yeah. right? We love yeah. this game and we want it to succeed. So, to me, when they try to carve out their own uh, IP and maybe they stumble at first but get better and better as we've seen with their ranges keep getting better and better i think for the health of the company which translates to the health of the game system it's probably a, a smart idea and rob one of the one of the biggest changes we've seen is in the ogre list now yes! our resident ogre player do you want <laughs> yeah, to discuss yeah 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 uh death to the 9 by 9 it's gone right it's no longer legal uh i mean i'll, I'll spill the beans basically only three ogre regiments unlock great Warrior regiments yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, three ogre warrior regiments. I think that's the perfect compromise. Still allows the ability to make a list with a few extra characters, right? And to bring regiments into the game and make them part of your army, but not abuse it to the point where uh, that it's BS. And so uh, I'm super, super, I think that's a great compromise. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, over, I'm over the moon about that one. Now, the other changes... <laughs> Uh, I I think they needed it. I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit when my baby's ugly, uh, and you know, <laughs> breakers were, up, were were undercosted, and our our buddy Nom Nom was really good because I don't know a single ogre player that didn't run with him. So I think my 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 list that I took in uh, to Shiloh and won the tournament with, I think it's like eighty five points more. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you know, it is what it is. You know you. I'm still gonna run these breakers, <laughs> even if they cost more. They're still good, right? Like they're still mm-hmm. good. Uh, and and Nam- and Rock is still amazing, even with even with the yeah. uh, the the bump. So yeah, ogres just felt to me like night stalkers, where they were just co mayors of Value Town, where everything yeah, yeah, in the yeah. list was just yeah. the value was just like. So I think, like you said, Rob, still a great army. It's just maybe you have to lose a magic item here or there, and the fact that. You know, a certain amount of regiments unlock heroes, 
helps you in list building. It's feeding, but it's not letting you abuse it to the point where you just overload the board with scoring individuals. Or, sorry, scoring uh, heroes. No, so, scoring I mean, nimble, height, you know, moving six yeah. individuals that, like, at the end of the game, when you've got nine of those guys, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you might lose some. But, I mean, and the point is, are still really hard. Good. They're still yeah, they're good. Still, they're, they're, still just, good. they're just not, like, idiot, idiot-proof idiot good. Now, you know? the change, the nah. change that, that, that transcends ogres that I want to talk about is the giant. So the giant historically has been Slayer D6, uh, plus D6, plus 8, plus D6 Slayer. Now you have the option between Rampage and Slayer. Woo, that's awesome. I mean, oh, I love this. Uh, right? Oh, God. Oh, it's, I well, it's love my, it. It, it probably is my favorite unit change uh, in the game because I love me some giants. But if I know I'm playing my buddy Matt... <laughs> I probably don't need Slayer. I probably need, you know, n- now yeah. there's an option there. You can go, hey, what do I think I'm going to see in this, this this tournament this weekend or this weekend of just open play? Uh, you know, I think I need Rampage this time. I mean, before in Ogres, if you wanted Slayer, you took the Giant. If you wanted Rampage, you took the Mammoth. Uh, but now with the Giant, you've got a couple options. And I'm sure, you know, and this is the same rules that it transcends for Kingdom. It's the Giant rule, so it's in lots of lists. So I'm I don't know. What do you guys think about this one? Love it. Yeah, totally dig it. Yeah, I, I, I always felt that, like, you know, I think they tried between armies to pick which one would be, you know, more thematic. But I, I love the idea that it's um, that it's that you you pick. So I, I, yeah. I think that's great. I think they've always they've always been trying to find a way to get some of these bigger models into competitive lists. Yep. You know, and uh, they have a lot of great models and. You know, if I have to hear like, oh, Mantic wants their models to be good in the game. Well, it's like, duh. I mean, it's not. Yeah, when we, say, yeah, yeah. When we yeah. say good, we're not meaning like OP powered good, but good enough that you actually want to take it in your army. So yeah, not oh, underpowered. Shock, right? Shocking. Just so that you'll actually want to buy a model. Yeah. Cry me a river. Um, yeah. So, and, I, and I'm just a big, I'm, I'm hot tonight. Um, I'm just like a big <laughs> proponent of choice. So I love all those. It reminds me. Pro choice. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, totally. And it's not the same as I want to buy this guy a shield and a banner, but it's still an, a, a a point in the decision spectrum where the mm-hmm. army general has agency over what he wants in his army. And it's, I just and you can model it. You know, maybe you model it in a, a modeling op. I I just love thematic choices like that. Yeah. Look, and so then the the other bigish nerf army, which I think no one will be surprised at. Is the is the Night Stalkers, and so mm. I'm not going to say exactly what comes down. You can see for yourself. It's also worth mentioning that these changes aren't as a list now; they're just integrated into the. Oh, I love it! I love it! It's beautiful. So you're gonna it's you're gonna have to go and search and find. Yeah, it, right? you gotta figure it out. So, <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of like figuring out doing a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. So we've got uh, Soul Flayers. The way they've addressed them is bringing their speed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Scarecrows have had their attacks come down somewhat. Rift Weavers have lost their Spellward Aura. So there's a few little Thank hit there. God. Yep. Do something for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Still good. I think, I think Reapers have come down a little bit and also the Mind Screechers come down in height. So no longer can you just stand behind whatever the hell you want and just keep shooting your lightning bolt. So I, I, I think on... On the whole, like it, it, that sounds like a lot all in one, but I think in most armies, the impact of that will be reasonably minimal. And like Jeremy said before, you know, you just don't want an army to be idiot proof, you know. So, 
I, I think, like, I like the Mind Screech change for sure because now you've got to think a little bit more about how you use your Mind Screeches. You know, they already have Stealthy. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like these changes and I don't think any of them are too heavy-handed. It's just, it's just, you know, like you said, it's, it's just tuning up that, tune, tuning down that value just a smidge, and um, I think it's complete, still a, a great army. And having played Twilight Ken, the, the thing about the mind screeches, and in some ways, there's no counterplay to mind screeches. When you stick it behind a unit of infantry, there's nothing your opponent can do. It just shoots, shoots with no cover, shoots with no cover, shoots with mm-hmm. no cover. So I like this way, at least, if you want to do that, if you want to put it in a position where it's basically untouchable for the whole game, you're going to pay a slight penalty for it. So mm. uh, it, it makes sense to me. I, I mean, I, I'd still, I, there's, you're, you're still going to take them if you want to take them. You're just going to have to think about how do I deploy them, you know, in a more different engaging ways. But I think it's fine. Yeah. Yep, and I think things like Reapers are still going to be baller, right? I think we're, we saw a similar change with Reapers um, to Soul Infantry, uh, Soul Reaver Infantry, I think, as well, just reducing their attacks a little bit. So no longer can they just take almost anything off in the game with one hit. So, And that was um, my frustration with Soul Reavers in that there's almost no counterplay against Soul Reavers unless you can try to shoot them off or something because they can kill, oh, I'm going to stick a horde in front of them. Doesn't matter. Oh, I'm going to try to waiver them. Oh, they got the waiver mitigation items. It's just the fact they just inherently just evaporate everything they touch. Uh, Even though regular classic undead is not winning tournaments, that unit still is so it's not it's not always fun to play against. They just, you know, so I'm down with that change, too. I agree. And look, I think there'll be a few other little changes. Rob will talk to Kingman's men a bit more in a minute. But the only other couple of things that I noticed from my own personal point of view is that the king on large beast got a nice little points drop, and as did your new bay, the bone worm. Oh, sh- or the, sh- sh- under- sh- under- <laughs> here. Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth! Nothing, nothing to see there. I think we'll see a few more of those. Well, you know table. what I've decided I'm going to use for my bone dragon is I'm going to use the mantic phoenix and just call it a desert phoenix. Ooh, I'm liking oh, that. No, I think. What that. do you guys think about that? I think Loving using it. that model and yeah. just put it on a cool Egyptian looking sand base. You know, you're going to make them like into a raven or something. Yeah, just like uh, or a vulture. Uh, exactly. To use it as like a cool desert Scavenger. eagle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that the mm-hmm. unit's any good, or I'm going to have multiple in my army, but. Do you know what? That's actually a cracking idea for if they move forward ever and do a Fidia. Imagine actually having a Sand Phoenix yeah. as a unit. Oh. Heard it here first. Trademark. I want yeah, my yeah, cut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It'll, well, maybe it'll be a legendary, the Duval Phoenix. Uh-huh. Well, speaking <laughs> of the Phoenix, what do you think of the change? I know in playtesting we were both working on that. What do you think on oh, the, yeah. the I've got to look it up, actually. I didn't, I didn't take note of it. Can you run? Did, what, what, what did yeah, they hold on. Let with? me. I'm, I'm almost – I'm right there. So the Basilean Phoenix has been changed. And, again, another awesome, just awesome Mantic model that with Samacris and Julia, it just, it just felt like it just didn't really have a place previous to the change. So uh, it's it's got now gone to down to a hundred. It's one hundred and forty five points, oh, sixteen yes. eighteen. But it's picked up now a shooting attack, which is really interesting. Fire sparks. So still has heal, uh, but it comes with an upgrade. Ancient Phoenix, where you can basically get your Phoenix cloak of death and radiance of life aura and up the regen. So mm-hmm. I love it now. Is it one hundred and forty five? Heal, you know, still heal five chip shooting. I think this is really going to help Basilean infantry. Please imagine 
a Basilean infantry with Phoenix's Phoenix support where it's actually cost effective. Yeah. Well, it also, yeah. it's not like you just made it better. There's some stuff in there that make it a little worse, right? It's, it's had a reduction yes. in speed, right? So like it's, it's balanced. I think I'm going to tweak you a little bit up, but I'm going to tweak you a little bit down. And, and uh, I think it's fair. Yeah. And like we're talking 55 or 45 points cheaper, something like that, you know, so significantly cheaper. So I, I, I absolutely believe this is going to get the, the Phoenix on the table more. I think the game needed more uh, mid-range monster points choices. It seems yep. like oh, the only monsters people were taking were the big, honky, big ones. And a lot yep. of those, those like 140 to 180, like Nias are uh, a lot of those kind of medium strength, monster type people just weren't taking so i think it's good to have more variety in that in that points bracket yeah i also point out you know the, the it's a reduction in points but really some stuff that used to be built in is now an option that you have to pay yeah for. you got to pay for so it's, yeah. it's sort of like a la carte right like it's not like it just got super cheap like it's got some of the same stuff you just you got to add it on now um and i think that's that's okay i think that's awesome yeah, I, I totally agree with you jeremy i think seeing some lower points monsters to get more of them on the table I think it's a good thing, and you know, we'll see more army variety because of it. It will change um, up the yeah. It's going to change up the the meta. We're going to see some new interesting lists. It's good, it's going to be good for the health of the game. I think. Okay, so looking at Kingdoms of Men, I think that's an army that uh, got some tweaks. I think maybe just a few corrections. So like l- large cavalry, the, the beast cavalry now now get indomitable will. I think that was an oversight uh, in the last Clash of Kings when they put it out. They didn't give it indomitable will, so now it's available. Mm. Let's talk about knights getting a little cheaper. I think that's not just Kingdoms of Men. That's everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. I think five. Was it five or ten points cheaper? Uh, yeah, five, five like points that. for a regiment. Yeah, so that's yeah. a great a great little change. I think uh, I think if we haven't seen knights before, we should, we'll, we'll start to see a little bit more. Um, and, then, and then I like the fact that... Now, look, I'm never going to use chariots in the Kingdoms of Men list, but I got the same kind of bump that... that uh, you know, in point in point decreases or decrease in points that some of the other chariots already got, like the, the EOD stuff. So I, and I, I like, like consistency you know, yeah. between between lists. And I like that their point changes are just like uh, in the majority for stuff like this is five points here, ten points here. So nothing game breaking, but just a little bit, just like to help these units a little bit. That like you know that no one's taking like. Knights. I mean, I mean, maybe you see some in Basilean armies. Just or whatever. me. Just me. Yeah. Our, <laughs> our, our, our Rob, you know, uh, when he's, you know, taking a break from his uh, ogres. Uh, but I mean, so I'm, I'm happy to see stuff that like g- gives you more options. Although the ballista got significantly cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, big time. I think it's what, 65 points. I, I just want to see if that's been applied elsewhere, actually, in terms of like. Oh, six, 60 points, excuse me, 60 points, yeah, yeah. So I, I, think, I think that's a good change because they used to be, in Basalia, they used to be dirt cheap. Yeah. Uh, War Engine still 75, which I think is the same. That's the old cost for Kingdom's Men. But while, while you're looking that up, you know, I think we talked about the cover rules. No better example of the effect of that than the Kingdom's Men. So Siege Artillery ignores Obscured and Cannons ignore Concealed. Uh, mm. Other than the cannon gets shattering, they're pretty much the same at that point, right? So, and you know, Caesar Tillery is still ten points cheaper. So, I think now there's a case to be made. Like before, I was like, "Well, you take two cannons, right? Like for sure, unless you just didn't have the extra ten points in which you took Siege Artillery." But mm. I think there's there's something to be said with, "Hey, maybe I wanna I wanna have something that can that can knock out obscured somebody behind the wall, right? Uh, mm. dro- lobbing in on them, and I'm sure the Jerome mm. bombards the same way." 
Yeah, the base salient one came down by 10 points, so not quite as much. So it looks like maybe, maybe that they've gone across the board that we're not seeing... Um, well, no one's taking bolt, bolt throwers. Thrower equivalents. No, yeah, no exactly. one was taking bolt throwers at all. No. I haven't seen a bolt thrower in like a real, a well, serious competitive list. Yeah, it's because either their piercings only only two, right? Yeah. But really, they take all the penalties, right, with, in terms of cover. So, yeah. mm. uh, but they do have the two shots hitting on fours. But you're I'd not probably, usually hitting on fours. No, I still would have probably preferred to see them given one of the ignores rules as well. You know, yeah. whatever the cannons got. I, um, maybe if they didn't decrease the points, but at sixty points, I might be tempted. I don't know. That's uh, pretty it's cheap. It's I mean, also a cheap drop. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. But it's but as I say, it's not scoring either. So in scenario play, you got to be careful because uh, it doesn't help you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the one thing I do want to point out, you know, it's not it's not a magic book if they if they don't make a mistake. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the fanatic investigator is not an is not an individual, though he is mighty. So <laughs> I don't know what right. that means. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say, unfortunately, we might have our first FAQ already. <laughs> yeah, I think he's I think he's probably an individual would be my guess. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, today wasn't meant to be a comprehensive of everything. You know, we've given some we haven't quite said, you know, what the points come down by, particularly with all of them. Did either of you guys have anything else you wanted to point out before we call it quits? No, I, mean, I just say get the book, right? Get the book and, and enjoy it. Like, you know, I love it when it's not spoiled, right? Like, get get the book and go in there and really figure it out. See see what's changed, especially for your armies, you know? The things that you think should have gotten more expensive or had a reduction in speed, you know, or you gotten a little worse, they did it, right? You know, they hit the units that they did, but I think they did the right course correction. You know, thing, the thing I look at it is this is a big, giant battleship right you don't turn the wheel hard left or hard right you make small incremental changes and you see if you've adjusted to the right course and then if not you can undo it and you're not you know what i'm saying because if you go hard left or right you're going to be just swinging the boat back and forth and you're never going to hit that sweet spot i think there's some great changes here they're subtle uh and i think they're going to be uh i think i i, I think there's impact here i think you are going to have to change the way you play Certainly ogres are. I mean, one of the lists that's been sort of popular is no no longer legal. So, uh, you know. What do we think about, did you guys talk about the new, um, how units now move to uh, allow for uh, units charging different different facings? No, we didn't talk about that. That's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty big yeah, change. The new, um, the new smart charges. Yeah. What yeah. do, what do we think about that? Smart charges? Because that's what they were talking about doing it. I again, I think this is a good thematic change. So, so I think in summary, what we're seeing now, isn't it, is that so so previously units would only move to accommodate for units that were in their own arc, right? Yes. Um, so, so if you had three units charging and two were in the front and one was in the flank, you would only move the the two front ones would only move to accommodate each other. And then if the flank couldn't fit in, too bad, too sad. Or couldn't make it with only one pivot. Yeah, too bad, too yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's basically saying if there's a way to accommodate them all, you do it. Yeah. That's that's the rundown. Is, is that accurate, Jeremy? Yes. So uh, yeah. exactly. Uh, how I how I understand it and looking at the – it seems to be my first instinct too is they put a lot more charge diagrams in this book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. seems like they've taken everything from the all the various FAQs and put it in. But yeah, basically, um, units will shuffle to accommodate um, 
other units. The example that they give, I think, is a horde charging a front of a regiment and a regiment charging that regiment. Obviously, when a horde charges a front of a regiment, it's really hard to get in on that regiment's size because the horde is so big. And mm. the example shows the horde shifting over so that the regiment can can fit on the flank. Yeah, this is one I think this is one for me that is like makes sense, but it's going to be in there with the uh, I want to I want to get some games in with it to try and see mm. and see how it feels. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do in general like all the charge section has a lot of looks like a lot of really good diagrams. So I haven't fully read it yet, but my hope is no longer will we have to look at the fact, the FAQ to to, to know. I, I, I'm hoping that all the examples are in here. It's what it's looking mm-hmm. like to me anyway. Beautiful book. I mean, their books keep looking better and better. Each time they do a new big book, it, it, it uh, visually to me, I think it looks better than the previous book. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think it's looking better and better as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. charging thing—that's common sense to me, right? Like, I think that makes sense. That yeah. hey, we're all charging the same target. You would adjust, right? And and mm. and you know, the, the the comment here is shuffling in this manner may only occur when the charging when you charging a different facing would otherwise be unable to complete the charge. You know, in most cases, you you could usually do it by going in the right order. Now it just cleans it up. It's like, look, you're in the flank, and the order doesn't really matter because the other units will adjust. It's fine. I I think I I think it'll be. It's a positive change. Anything that makes the game more accessible is good. And when you're trying to deny flank charges or whatever, you're usually doing it in a way where it's not that particular rule stopping you. That particular rule usually stops people when they just don't move correctly, and they're like, oh, my stuff's too close. Oh, that's frustrating. Whereas. I think it's helping. Maybe it's helping sloppy play uh, be a little easier, but it's not removing uh, the ability to skillfully still block things. That's what I just, I did not want make. If you're making the game a little bit easier for newer players to understand, I'm on, I'm on the train. As long as you're not removing the car where I get to use my mind and my skill to try to beat you. So mm-hmm. I don't feel that there, that's what's happening. I feel it's the first option, cleaning the game up a little bit to make it more accessible to new players. But as long as they keep that ability for me to try to outthink each other and all that tactical stuff that we mm-hmm. love, the special sauce, as long as that's still in the game, which I feel it is, I'm I'm on board. Well, and to be fair, there's some great, as you as you point out, there's some great diagrams in the in the book that really uh, clean it up. And you know, I, I I'm excited to see this on the table, and I'm excited to play a game of Ambush. I can't wait. Yeah, that I have not had a chance to look at at all. And I'm, maybe Ambush will do, you know, what they had hoped Vanguard would do, which is a- allow a, a smaller model entry into Kings. So I'm excited to do mm-hmm. the Ambush. I think, I think it will. I think it will. I think, yeah, will. I, I think I'll, I think I'll run a, an Ambush tournament for sure. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I uh, hope you got a little taste of the new book. As you can hear, we're, we're all pretty pumped about it. So well done, Mantic. And, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I can't wait to get some more games in, try these changes out, and we'll we'll see where we go. So until next time, have fun and keep countercharging. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging.
Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.